Once a month, we have the opportunity to join the Wilder Institute, Calgary Zoo's Senior Manager of Conservation Operations, to discuss the amazing efforts happening in our city and our province. Leah Randall is back with us this month to discuss, this is something completely different, frog ultrasounds. You heard that right, folks. Good morning to you, Leah. Good morning. You and your team were recently on an expedition up in Edmonton uh, doing ultrasounds on frogs. Uh, so many questions, Leah. First of all, uh, why and how does something like this look? Well, um, so the why is that, um, unfortunately, in, you know, in these conservation facilities, it's sometimes hard to get the frogs to breed on their own. So we've enlisted the um, some expertise from um, another zoo. The Fort Worth Zoo has been kind enough to loan us one of their fertility experts for the last couple of years. So she um, came up to help us. And one of the kind of the first steps is to see if the frogs actually have viable eggs. So the best way to do that is to use an ultrasound device. And, you know, similar to like if you were kind of looking at your own, you know, baby in the womb, they can use that ultrasound and they can see how well developed their eggs are. And then if the eggs aren't very well developed, we can stimulate them by providing the frogs with hormones, which will make them lay the eggs, which they otherwise wouldn't. I have a vision. It's probably not accurate, Leah, of, you know, the parental <laughs> frogs lying on the table, one looking into the screen, the other just holding the, the mama frog's hand, perhaps, and talking. Okay, well, the ultrasound is done. Clearly, that's not really how it works. Do frogs cooperate when you're doing something like this? How do you handle them? Um. So they're, for the most part, fairly cooperative. You need to be very gentle and you need to make sure that, you know, your hands are moist because they have, like, very delicate skin. And then you kind of grip the frog, you know, um, you know, gently, you know, kind of under its, its front legs, arms. Um, and then we don't use ultrasound gel um, like you would in, like, a human office because the frogs are already moist. And then we've we've actually got this really cool little device, which is uh, an ultrasound that plugs into a phone. And then you just kind of rub it on the frog's belly. And then you can see um, if if the eggs are like well-developed, if they're well-developed, then you'll see like, you know, these bright clusters of eggs. If there's not much there, then it kind of looks like a dark night sky. So this is, uh, Leah, we, we hear a lot about animals in captivity and perhaps, you know, we, we hear the baby watches being on. Frogs aren't alone in animals, you know, perhaps having trouble breeding in captivity, are they? No, um, frogs are kind of their own case. They they just do seem, it, it depends on the species. Some of the species are actually quite easy to breed, but, you know, other animals, sometimes, A, it's really hard to tell, you know, if they're in breeding condition, um, and then you know, because you have to pair them up. And sometimes that window for pairing them up is very, very small. So, for example, with the frogs, as soon as the females start to lay their eggs, the males need to be releasing their sperm at exactly the same time. So, the, and the males, they produce what's called spermic urine. <laughs> so they actually release um, their sperm in with their pee, which maybe sounds kind of gross, but um, those that has to be deposited on the eggs at exactly the same time. So really there's a big challenge with trying to make sure that the female is both ready to lay her eggs and that the male is producing the maximum amount of sperm at the same time. So we actually give hormone injections to both the males and the females, but the timing of that 
can really vary. Um, and then another option is like other than like kind of naturally pairing them up is that you can do like IVF, very similar to, you know, what, what is done with humans and some other animals. But you have to basically already collected the male sperm. And then as soon as the female starts laying her eggs, you have to be kind of depositing that sperm on it. But as you can imagine, that's a fairly laborious process. And again, the timing can be really tricky. Um, one thing I guess I'll tell you about is, uh, you know, fortunately, collecting the sperm from male leopard frogs seems it's relatively easy. One thing that I, I've, I've learned, so I'm usually the, the assistant. I'm the person that, like, will handle the frogs. And then we have the expert that, you know, she's actually doing the collections. But I've discovered that, you know, um, the male leopard frogs will actually pee out their urine, like, really quickly. So if you can be, you know, quick but gentle about it, you know, you kind of, you, you grab that frog, you, you dab its booty because you don't want any of the, like, water going into the, the collection dish. And then if you just kind of hold the frog over the dish, he'll often just pee right away. So wow. it's a fairly non-invasive process oh. as far as that goes. That's it's fascinating. Covered a lot of ground yeah. so far. <laughs> we really have all the things we've learned about frogs today. It's fascinating, though, really, and that, that we're that we, we're studying them that closely in order to make sure that these animals don't disappear from our planet. So, you know, in terms of what you're talking about, what do you, what's the future of these frogs, and what does it look like moving forward? Yeah, so it's it's challenging because you know they're not doing very well in the wild. Um, you know, in our in Creston, we only found um, two egg masses this last year, um, and then we've had our, our challenges for you know doing our conservation breeding. So I think you know uh, it it really it just comes down to we need the expertise to help us like improve the situation. Otherwise, we're really we're going to lose these populations. I can't sugarcoat that. Yeah, absolutely. The work you do is serious, and uh, we uh, you're not trying to make light. We've never talked about this uh, particular topic ever on the program, Leah. We can say we've uh, scratched off a first with you here. This is fantastic. But yeah, you do some great work. And just to remind people, you come on down to the Wilder Institute Calgary Zoo. We have in-depth conversations with you, but a family visit can make the difference when it comes to conservation, can't it? Absolutely. So, yeah, like when you come to the zoo, a portion of, you know, all the money that you pay at the gate, all the money that you, you pay in our cafe our cafes or if you're, you buy stuffy for your child a portion of that all goes to support our conservation work here and so yeah i just can't emphasize you know the how wonderful the support we receive is from the community in calgary as well as you know a, a lot of the visitors that you know when they when they come to calgary they make the calgary zoo wilders to one of their prime destinations conservation recognized around the world for all the great work that you and your team do thanks lee i appreciate your time this morning Thank you so much. That's Leah Randall, Senior Manager of Conservation Operations at Wilder Institute, Calgary Zoo. 911. 911. Help is on the way. Angela Bassett and Peter Krause return in an all-new season of 911 on a new night. Thursday, March 14th on Global. Stream on Stack TV.